Thank you, Dan and Nancy. And in the, the weeks to come, there will be uh, special envelopes in the pews in front of you uh, through which you can give specifically to this offering. You'll be hearing more about it over the course of this month. Um, we just uh, want to begin today by inviting you to be praying and just asking the Lord, God, what would you want me or our family to contribute toward this work. And if you don't uh, yet, um, if you've not yet shared an email address with us, or maybe you've had an email address change, over the course of the month, we're going to be emailing out several video links to give you a better sense of uh, how God is working uh, in the various lives in places all over the world. Um, And uh, it's really amazing. So you won't want to miss that. So if you have a chance, fill out the card if you need to update an email address and make sure that we have that. The the reason that uh, a lot of uh, churches like ours use uh, the month of November and December particularly to focus on this, this offering is because... God is understood by us as being a missionary God. He is the one who has sent His Son Jesus into the world, and then He sends us, His church, out into the world. The same way that He came into the world, so we are to go and to be involved in going into the world in order to embody and to communicate the gospel of Jesus. We are just uh, wrapped up five weeks of thinking together Uh, Perhaps it was an introduction for some of you about the Reformation. Uh, For some, it might have been a refresher about uh, some of the important theological ideas that were recaptured and refocused upon during the uh, the 16th century and, and beyond, and how we are the beneficiaries today in the way that our worship services are structured, the way that we study our Bibles, the way that we engage in prayer and so many other things. But one of the things that uh, really struck me this week is how, um, as even we talk about uh, theology, is that God never intended the idea of theology to only be the domain of uh, seminary professors or uh, trained pastors. That theology, the idea of theology is not just some intellectual expanse that has no practical value. That was never the intent of theology. Theology always has feet and hands. And we study and learn more and more deeply about our relationship with God so that it translates into our living. So that as you go between Monday and Saturday, you're living theologically rich lives. That as you go to work and in your neighborhood and in your homes and your schools, wherever your life takes you day by day by day, You go in theologically rich and informed so that it translates into your living. On Halloween night, um, uh, I have a a shirt that I uh, bought about, I don't know, 19 years ago. I found it um, at a little store in San Francisco and I was told, it captured my attention, and I was told that it came out of the uh, uh, Germany, it came out of the nightclub scene in Germany. All right, bear with me. And uh, it's a a T-shirt, a black T-shirt, and it has a little slit in the front and a little Velcro piece on it. And then it has a little battery pack inside, and it has some wires that go up under your shirt. And then through that slit, you can attach different uh, symbols that light up. And so as I was walking around Halloween night, the one symbol I bought, I wish I'd bought more for fun, but I, you know, being a boring pastor, I bought a cross. 
<laughs> and it goes, right, Jake? It goes at different frequencies and uh, paces and um, different uh, ways. It's really, really fun. Uh, but at the store, you could buy all sorts of other symbols. You could buy like an alien head. You could buy a yin-yang. You could buy all sorts of other things, symbols that, that took your mind to other things. Symbols always capture uh, certain concepts for us. It helps us boil down concepts. Now, Christian faith, um, we see even in our stained glass here, probably the most enduring symbol that helps us think about and to summarize Christian faith because the cross is uh, the high water mark. It, it is the, the most important uh, crescendo element of what God has done in the history of man and in His history through the world. But right with the cross, we would also hold up an empty tomb. That's a little harder to, uh, to symbolize. But if we're to think about the two main elements of Christian faith, they're captured in the cross and in the picture of the empty tomb, that Jesus came to die. And He came to die, and it wasn't a mistake. Sometimes people think that, okay, if Jesus was truly a historical figure, and He was, that uh, He had a message, and he, he whipped up a bunch of people, kind of stirred them up, and, and some sort of rebellion emerged, and Jesus was executed by the Roman government as a martyr for a cause. And that couldn't be any further from the truth. History is certainly littered with martyrs for different causes. But Jesus, that's not the reason that He died. In fact, He came into the world in order to die. He said, you'll probably remember that uh, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down willingly. And if I lay my life down again, do you remember what He said? I also have the power to take it up again. So in Christian faith, we think about the cross because in Jesus' death, He deals with our sin problem, all of our problem that separates us from God. But the cross really has no teeth and meat to it if there's no resurrection at the end of it. He lays His life down so that He can take it back up again, the resurrection from the dead. And I want you to know that before the cross and the resurrection, there was a very important topic that Jesus wanted it was on his mind, it was on his heart, it was in his prayers. And we see him dealing with this issue. And I'm going to spend just a couple of minutes with you talking about the issue. So before the most important part of the Christian faith, the cross and the resurrection, just before it, Jesus has in his mind, in his heart, in his prayers, this topic. And also after his resurrection, this topic emerges again as one of the most critical and central topics in all of our Christian faith. And it is this, that just as God the Father sent Jesus into the world, so Jesus is sending us also His church into the world. Here's what He says in John chapter 17. We could go to a lot of places in the Bible and hear and read teaching about prayer. One of those, of course, is the great model prayer. Jesus says, when you pray, here's a framework for praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, and so forth. There's a lot of places we could go in the Scripture to learn about how we can pray. But John chapter 17, it gives us an insight into an actual prayer that Jesus prayed. You know, as a child, you're probably taught by your parents not to eavesdrop on other people's conversations. Anybody taught that? Kind of mind your own business? I was. Nobody? Okay, about four of us? Okay. 
Well, okay, maybe maybe just a few of us. So, um, but as a common courtesy, I was taught you don't eavesdrop. But here in the scripture, we are given a glimpse. And an ear into, in fact, we're invited to come and listen over the shoulder as Jesus prays. A wonderful prayer, really insightful to what was important to Jesus. And part of that prayer is this. This is before He goes to the cross and before the resurrection. He he prays, Father, as You have sent me into the world, so I am sending them. Who are the them? They were the disciples, His immediate followers then. And then He says something... um, Increasingly interesting. Why? Why were we to be sent? Why were those original followers sent? And why are we after them to be sent? Here's what he says in verse 20 of chapter 17. My prayer is not for them alone, his followers, but I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. If you believe and trust in Jesus today, you benefit from the work that they did. You benefit from their responding to the call, just as Jesus was sent into the world, so you and I are sent into the world to communicate the gospel of Jesus. He prays not just for them to live happy lives. He doesn't pray just for His followers to be filled. But He prays so that as they go out, they would go out in the boldness and protection of the living God. An amazing prayer. After His resurrection from the dead, He shows up. You'll probably remember it was a pretty intense moment. Um, You know, these guys, these immediate followers of His, uh, Jesus is arrested in this garden that sits just across a little valley from Jerusalem. Some uh, soldiers show up and they arrest Jesus and they drag Him off And the courageous disciples, they stand up to be counted, don't they? No. They were like me. Their leader has gotten arrested and they, poof, they scatter to the wind. Now the resurrection has happened. And all of his followers are in a room together. All the windows are closed and they're locked. All the doors are closed and they're locked. Because they are afraid that if anybody who is associated with Jesus, that the fate of Jesus would also become them, their fate. They don't know yet that Jesus has been raised from the dead. In this locked room, all of a sudden, boom, Jesus is in their midst. We don't know how. I think the inference is that, boom, He just appeared. He's in a resurrected body. That's a sermon maybe for the spring after Easter. But it's amazing. And His first words to them are peace be with you. If we had time, it'd be great to unpack that Hebrew word shalom and, and all that that means. That's another sermon for another day. But he says, peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. His prayer was not just for their happiness. It was that they also would go out faithfully sharing and embodying the message of Christ And he prayed for those who would hear their message and believe in him. So as I have been sent, so I send you. Where does he send us? He sends us right across the street where you live. We know that Marin County is one of the least churched places in all of the United States where people don't understand the the joy and the beauty of of Jesus' love. 
Some have been burned by church experiences in the past. Some are confused. Some just don't really know the gospel message. I'm really convinced more and more of that, that people just haven't heard the simple message that they are loved by God and that God has done what they need to repair a broken relationship. And apart from receiving the work that Jesus has done, they rest and remain in that broken relationship. So Jesus, His first appearance after the resurrection, as the Father sent me, so I send you, one of His very last statements to them before He ascends back to be at the right hand of the Father is the same message. It's the same thing on the mind and in the heart and in the prayer and communication of Jesus is that you and I as a church would be deeply engaged in the work of missions right across the street where we live and all the way across the sea where God is also at work. That's why we do missions in this church. He says, you are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and I will be with you even to the very end of the age. And then he says in Acts chapter 1, he says, you start right where you live. He's talking to the people who, who had homes in Jerusalem. And he says, right where you are, you're going to be my witnesses. And then you're going to, that, that testimony is going to go out to the regions around Jerusalem. And eventually it's going to find its way to the ends of the world. That is the mission task that is still part of what God has in store for this church. You know, a healthy church... It doesn't draw a line and say, we're going to do this, but not that. We're going to minister here in Marin County, but we're not going to be concerned with things to the ends of the earth. That's not a healthy church. But a healthy church also doesn't go all the way to the ends of the earth without any concern for right where we live. It's not an either or. It's always a healthy church. is always a both and. That missions always starts right here, right where we live, right where you work, right where you go to school. And then it goes always to the ends of the earth. How does it work? It's pretty simple. It's that we, we deepen in our relationship with the Lord. We're deepening our relationship together as a church body. And then as God comes and empowers us, He takes that church body and He slings us out to the edges of the earth. He works with us right where we are and then He sends us out. It's always both at the same time. That's what a healthy functioning church is all about. Across the street and across the sea. Now, next Sunday, your mission team has been working very hard to create an opportunity for us, November 12th, to create an opportunity for us together to create some space where we're actually in a listening posture before the Lord. It's going to include some conversation. It's going to include lunch. Bill, I know that'll be good news. It's going to include uh, hearing from uh, some of our missionaries. We're going to bring them in living color through Skype. They're going to be here conversing with us. You will have the chance to maybe meet some of these missionaries for the very first time or to connect with them in a very real way for the first time in a long time. Uh, we're going to have an interactive prayer room. Janet Prescott is being flown in from Southern California to help create this interactive prayer room. It's going to be a, a great experience, but it's not just for you to experience something. But it's, it's a step in probably what may be a 14-month or longer process for us as a church to create space for God, if He chooses, to speak to us 
And we don't dictate to God and to say, God, okay, I've carved out space in my calendar. Now, you may speak. (laughs) But what you and I can do together is to place ourselves in a listening posture before Him. And should He choose to stir in a particular way again, like He's done before, that we will be ready and listening, ready to respond, ready to go, so that you and I, just as He was sent, you and I also may be sent. Now, it's two and a half hours next Sunday. We're going to start right downstairs. That may seem like a long time, but you know, with the big picture of missions, um, it's a pretty small amount of time. And I think it'll be time well spent. Also, for those who have gone through the insanity of obedience, a small group study, maybe you've used the book as a personal devotion, there'll be about a half an hour where you'll get to kind of debrief on that and talk about some of your experiences and learning and what is it that God perhaps has imprinted upon you. Just a step toward listening. If you can't make it, um, yeah, you're going to miss something, but it doesn't mean you can't be involved in the missional work of the church down the road. It's just one step, I think, among many steps for us to listen together as God would speak to us. Father, this is part of our prayer this morning, that as you have come into the world, Jesus, we also want to receive the call that we too might go into the world. We know that theology is not just to have constructs about who you are, but it's to be translated into the regularities of our living. So help us to be mission people. This thing that was on your mind and on your heart and in your prayer before the cross and after your resurrection, it is still something that your Spirit comes and stirs your churches to be active and engaged in. So as we deepen our relationship with you, And as we deepen our relationship with one another, may we be ready to be stirred as Your Spirit would guide us to be involved both right here across the street, right here where we live, but also across the sea. Help us to know how to support and to be responsible and to be personally engaged in the work that You're doing, not just that this church does. We want to be faithful. God, help us to be faithful, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.